Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Luke 19. Who's ready for the Word? Luke 19 says this, after Jesus had said this, He went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And as he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden. Untie it. Bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Someone say that with me. The Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? It should say, because we're about to throw hands. (laughs) They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God. How many brought some joy today? Come on, how many brought a praise today to the house of God in a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen? Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Come on, let's pray together. Father, I thank you for every man, every woman, within the sound of my voice, every teenager. Lord, in the name of Jesus, every kid in our kids' space, every person who'd watch online, both in in Jersey and all across, Lord, the states and nations of the world. Father, would you strengthen them? Would you bless them? Lord, would you pour faith into this room right now? In Jesus' name, instruct, Lord, us so that we might learn and we might see what you need us to see. God, open eyes, I, I pray. Open ears, I pray. Lord, impart love and wisdom and faith into every, every life. I don't take it for granted, God. Every family represented here right now, bless them exceedingly. Lord, in Jesus' name, we pray. Pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Jesus, Jesus, speak to my heart. heart. Change my life. life. In your powerful name. name. And Church Alive said, Amen. Amen. Go ahead, grab your seat. Praise God. We've been in a series called Rainmaker. Here's what it means. The person that causes unusual favor. Someone say unusual favor. And blessing to be bestowed on an organization, a business, a church, or even a nation. I want to talk to you, though, particularly around this thought, your God-given assignment. Your God-given assignment. If you like to take notes today, this is one of those services you'll enjoy taking notes. I got seven points. Let me see if I can get through all of them. How many believe I can get through all seven? Praise God. Jesus gives instructions to two disciples. Some would say two. Two. Here's what's interesting, and I always find this amazing about this text of Scripture. I've preached it kind of a lot of times. Uh, He gives an important instruction to two men. We don't know their name. They are are 
held quietly back from us from Scripture. Scripture doesn't say it's Peter, doesn't say it's James, doesn't say it's John, just two disciples. They are to go get a donkey. How many know a donkey's not as cool as a horse? It's slower, it's, it's shorter, it's grumpy, it's moody, it's not cool. They got given a not cool assignment. But it was an important assignment. Because with this important assignment, not only would they see Jesus like they'd never seen Jesus before, but others would too. And if I would give you an encouragement, I would tell you this, that your assignment is to tell others or to help others see who Jesus really is. But along the journey of helping others see, you'll actually help yourself see. Can I get a good amen? amen. I believe this, the simplest acts of serving, inviting, encouraging, and giving can cause the greatest moments of worship. The simplest acts of serving and inviting and encouraging and giving can cause the greatest moments of worship. Let me talk to you today around seven thoughts around your assignment. Here's what I also believe. It's important we understand the importance of our individual assignment. Someone say individual assignment. And how that individual assignment brings about the larger corporate assignment in our time. Your individual assignment always helps bring about the corporate assignment. Your individual, your moment where you serve Jesus adds to this fragrance of the house of God. It's not one thing, it's many things. You ever been around a good cook? And they're throwing this and throwing that and throwing this. And if you did it and you just threw one thing, it'd stink. But they just throw it and throw it and they mix everything. And I just feel like the house of God's like that. It needs all of us to value that individual flavor of each of our lives so that it will bring a, an aroma to God that is pleasing and smells good. All right, let me go. Number seven. Right, number seven. Why would I start at number seven? <laughs> <laughs> you thought to yourself, he must be administrative right there. Just uh, seven things I mean. Seven things I want to tell you about your assignment. Things I've learned over time through scripture. Number one, small assignments aren't small. Small assignments aren't small. When I was in college, uh, I went to Liberty University. God had touched my life right after high school. Around 17 and a half, 18 years old, a year and a half, two years later, I got to come to America on an athletic scholarship and play tennis. And, but God was really working in my world and, and um, I was leaning into preaching and worship and really spending time with Jesus privately. And for the very first time, um, the Holy Spirit put on my heart, lead a Bible study on my dorm. And there was multiple Bible studies on a Thursday night. And uh, first time I'd ever done it, so I'd jump in and start to take six men on a simple journey for a semester and I would pray for them. I'd get ready like an hour earlier. I'd spend time with Jesus. I'd pray. I'd look at the Word and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and I look at it now and I'm like, well, it was just six men. But that six men helped me actually immensely grow into who I'm meant to be today. And obviously it blessed them, but I want to tell you, it didn't just bless them, it blessed me. 
And small assignments I've found over time are not small because they are always readying you for the next season. A year later, I was in a different dorm and they wanted someone to teach the new Christian class and there was new Christians in the, in the campus. And so I felt like the Lord kind of prompted me, like, you need to teach that class. And so the next semester, for the next two semesters, I taught the new Christian class and the curriculum we used for those two classes end up becoming our new Christian class in this church for like 10 years. And a lot of the leaders today who are leaders right now went through the curriculum that I taught back at Liberty University and we just brought it over to our church. And I see moments like that, the small assignments were not small. Small assignments actually brought great worship. About a year later, I was praying one day and I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. I'd never thought this before. And he said, Anthony, I want you on the radio. So I went up to the radio guys like, hey, can I get on the radio? I mean, no, that doesn't go that well most of the time. <laughs> so I went up to the guy on the radio. He's like, okay, so why don't you do a little message for me? We'll see how that goes and see if you're any good. And I got into one of those booths before and spoke this 10-minute message. He was like, I'm more thinking like a one-minute message. Two-minute message. Well, here's what's interesting. It's easier to do a 10-minute message than a two-minute message on the radio. I had to prepare as much for a two-minute message as I would today for like a 30-minute message because you can't fluff anything in two minutes. You better say it and get out. But anyway, for the next four years, they would play my little two-minute message three times a day, seven days a week, for the next four years, even when I left the university, they were still playing my little messages. Small assignments are not small. Small assignments produce big worship. Invite a friend to church. You'd be amazing what that simple invitation next week for Easter Sunday can actually be the catalyst and the domino that changes literally an entire generation. I, was, I met a man in our Transform Night on Wednesday night, and he looked, came up to me. He's like, Anthony, man, someone gave me your book three weeks ago. He says, it literally has changed my life. Isn't it amazing that sometimes just giving someone a simple book, a simple resource, like, hey, I'm praying for you, that that thing can be the catalyst. That can be the domino that changes someone's life. It's a small invitation to church. It's a small moment of worship. It's a small moment where you say, man, I'm not just going to attend church. I'm going to be part of it. I'm going to be a pillar in the house of God. I'm going to be there week in and week out. And you'll actually find over the years that you just showing up to church encourages someone. Guess what? If you, wouldn't, if you weren't here this morning, I'd be discouraged right now. I'd be preaching to no one if you weren't here. If none of you decided to show up, imagine it was 10 o'clock service and I just look out. I was like, huh, no one came today. How many know I'd be discouraged? Pat yourself on the show and just go, I encourage the pastor. I encourage him. I just came today. I encourage him. Yeah. Luke 16, verse 10. He was faithful in very little things. He's faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. My assignment in every assignment is faithfulness. My assignment in every assignment is faithfulness. Number two today, I don't determine my assignment. In the plan of God, you might be like, ah, I 
want to be a professional baseball player, hockey player, NFL player. I want to own my own business. I want to be a multiple billionaire that sits in an island somewhere and funds the gospel all over the world while I sit back on my lazy boy chair and sit on pina coladas. It's interesting that often our dream of God's assignment for our lives actually is more like a marketing picture of an all-inclusive resort. I don't determine my assignment, but I get to discover my assignment. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, call unto me. It says, and I will answer you, it says, and I'll show you great and mighty things that you do not yet know. I don't determine my assignment. Here's the thing, donkeys are not cool animals. They're not cool. But do you know for five, six, seven thousand years, they've been this working animal that has helped people carry things for years. And Jesus says to two nameless, faceless disciples, go get a donkey. And if I was that disciple, you might look around and go, why doesn't someone else get the donkey? Because Jesus asked you to do it. And maybe he doesn't need, maybe he doesn't need it, but maybe you need it. Maybe you're about to write something that's actually going to affect people for thousands of years called certain letters of the Bible. And you needed a humbling experience where no one knows your name, but you did something very important. Can I get a good amen? Number three, this is important. I can miss my assignment. Or you can miss your 20s. You can miss your assignment in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s or your 50s. Someone shout, don't miss it. Now, don't, don't, don't be one of those Christians like, oh, I miss God, I miss God. No, have faith that God is going to work with you and going to show you things. And he's going to reveal to you what you need. But I can tell you and will tell you some people miss their assignment. Matthew chapter 25, verse 34, Jesus speaking says this, then the king will say to those on his right, he says, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you. Truly, I tell you. Watch this now. Truly, I tell you. This is Jesus speaking. Truly, I tell you. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. I was so encouraged in our Transform Night on Wednesday night. We celebrated MVPs and all the different groups across our church and I was wondering about a particular man because he would often come in on Wednesday night and his sweater looked bad and his sweater looked like it was pretty old. And we dress up on a Wednesday night because I want some of the men to take themselves a bit more seriously. It's a good, it's a good manhood lesson. They dress up like they're coming for an interview. Tie, suit, all of a sudden you're like, ah, these guys are handsome. <laughs> One of the guys didn't have a suit. 
And one of his transformed leaders and another man literally took him to the store, bought a three-piece suit for him, got him a haircut, and as he showed up Wednesday night, the transformation was transformational. Man, he looked so good. I was so proud of our man who saw the opportunity, that that, that could be an opportunity where someone didn't want to come because maybe they didn't have the money and they were able to bless them. And I think Jesus sees moments like that and he rewards moments like that. He says, when you're kind to the poor, you lend to the Lord. And he says, and I will reward you. Verse 41, then he'll say to those on his left, These are those who did not know him. Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. And they also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and we did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Sobering verse. Because they didn't realize that the person in front of them was the valuable person. Let me tell you, every person you see is made in the image and the likeness of God. And God does love them. And here's here's what cripples a lot of Christians. Christians often get crippled by this line, well, if it's God's will, it'll happen. It is an overemphasis on the sovereignty of God and not actually understanding that when you move, God moves. There are certain things that God will do. God will come back. Jesus will split the sky. We don't know when. If you think you've met someone who knows when, get away from them as quickly as possible. If, even if they've got all the codes and all the Bible stuff. And <laughs> you're like, this dude does not know what he's talking about. Why? Because Jesus says no one knows the hour or the time. It's like, but I found the special code. No, you didn't. You found an idiot. Run away. Move away. (laughs) Quickly. But I have found this. That sometimes Christians allow complacency and apathy to sit in them too long. And they'll use an excuse like, well, God didn't tell me. Read the Bible. He told you. It says... um, Romans uh, chapter 15, verse, can't remember the verse. He says, be steadfast, immovable. Watch this now. This is for every Christian. Are you a Christian? Say yes. Yes. Okay. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. That means many times we just need to start moving and God will start moving. We need to start encouraging and God will start encouraging. We need to start giving and God will bless. We need to start sowing and God will. Are you getting this? God send revival, be the revival. God send revival, be the revival. Out of you shall flow rivers of living water. That means you're meant to move. There must be a flow about your life. Number four, I may not fully understand my assignment. Some of you just looked at me like, I don't understand it. It's okay, hang around long enough, eventually you will. 1 Corinthians 13, the Apostle Paul says, Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. 
the mirrors of those days were really, they were almost, picture a brass shield that was shiny and you're trying to see your reflection in it. You could see something, but you couldn't see everything. And so he says to them, walking by faith is like looking in a brass shield and you can see something. You can get a glimmer, but you don't have a hundred, you don't have high def revelation. It's not like walking around with one of those 3D things on your head and you're like, oh, yes, I'm spiritual. I see everything. No, you don't. You don't. It's just the truth. And anyone that thinks they do, they probably might have that for a very small season of their life until God matures them on because God won't give you feelings about everything for the rest of your life. Because walking by faith takes faith, not just feelings. Does that make sense? I may not understand my assignment. They are sent to get a donkey. They might have walked past a horse and thought, well, Jesus looked better on a horse. But their assignment was get a donkey, not a horse. And the reasoning mind sometimes can argue you out of doing what God has called you to do. The reasoning mind where you're sitting there going, well, he'd look really good on a horse. No, he said, get a donkey. Why did he say get a donkey? Zechariah chapter 9, verse 10. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And the disciples have no idea that they are fulfilling prophecy in their completion of the assignment. Are you getting this? You are fulfilling God's word as you continue to do God's word. I don't believe any of us will know the impact of our lives until we get to eternity. And then when you get to eternity, I think you'll see all of a sudden God will, God will play the movie of your life. And literally you're like, man, that little smile, that little encouragement, that little prayer that bit of faithfulness, that bit of giving, those moments mattered God and he plays the movie of your life and he's like, yes. And all of a sudden you wish you did more because he rewarded you for that. And then the cool thing is you just got what he gave you, called a crown on your head and you threw it at his feet anyway and you say, and you say you're the one worthy of it. Just because, number five, just because I don't know my specific assignment doesn't give me permission to do nothing. Let me say that again for the note takers. Give you a little bit of time. Just because I don't know my specific assignment, it doesn't give me permission to do nothing. The truth of the matter is that revelation comes over time. I was called to preach when I was 19, but you can preach in prisons and you can preach in lots of different places and you can be a marketplace preacher and you could be a governmental preacher. It doesn't mean necessarily you preach in a church, but God shows you a glimmer and then he lets you be faithful for a while and then he shows you a little bit more and then later my wife and I start a church and then we're just doing the church for a while and then God's like, hey, you're in the wrong place. I'm like, no, that's not good. And we moved to a different place. And then it took years to really realize that one of my deepest passions was actually preaching specifically to men. Because revelation is bit by bit. Revelation is tiny bit by tiny bit. And then there was a time there where I wanted to take the message 
of transform to lots of other places. And I felt like the Lord was like, no, son, not yet. Slow down. And he was like, work on your men. Make sure they're strong. The revelation of God is over the years of your life. Listen to what John Wesley said. Make all you can. Save all you can. Give all you can. If you're a businessman in here, a lot of Christians think, oh man, if I make too much money, then I won't be able to walk with God. No, actually make all you can. Then be wise, save all you can. And then be spirit-led, give all you can. I got a friend of mine, friend in ministry, he needs $10 million to build a, a hospital in India. He would like some of you to make him some money. Come on, are some of you catching this? See, if God really blesses your life, how many know you can make a big difference? Or you can just hoard it all to yourself. It's really up to you. But God will bless you. And I pray that there are business people in this church that start to really see that one of your primary missions is actually making money for the kingdom of God. So that the kingdom of God is not limited, but is expansive and growing and pushing forward. Your assignment is always the problem God has designed you to solve for others. Your assignment is always the problem God has designed you to solve for others. Number six, on the other side of fulfilling your assignment, it will produce a greater faith and character in your life. How many get getting this today? On the other side of fulfilling my assignment, they bring Jesus a donkey. And they don't know the moment. They don't know that Palm Sunday is... Now in the Christian calendar for 2,000 years, it's the most famous of worship services in the New Testament. And then all of a sudden, they bring Jesus the donkey. He sits on it and everyone's eyes open. But I kind of imagine the two disciples like hanging next to each other as Jesus getting worshipped and praised and everyone's seeing him. And they kind of look at each other like, hey, we got the donkey. That was us. We, we did it. And how many of you know that their faith all of a sudden got boosted? Because when they were sent on assignment, it was as he said it would be. Walks up to someone, hey, unties donkeys. They walk up to them and say, what are you doing? The Lord needs it. And it's like magic came over their eyes. They just went, okay, cool, man. Someone did that to your car today? How many of you thought the Lord needs it? Well, there you go. Do you want my house as well? <laughs> Number seven. The goal of your assignment. Many people will praise God. Your individual assignment. The goal of your assignment. Many people will praise God. I don't know what your individual assignment is, but here's what I know the fruit is. Many people will praise God. This church has a collective assignment reach as many people as possible, disciple them, teach them, and then empower them to live transformed lives and, and live free in Christ and become the leaders they're called to be. I don't know how uniquely that plays out in everyone's life, but I know the corporate picture is that. Can I get a good amen? amen. And here's what I absolutely know. Your assignment, many people will praise God. Many people, not a few. 
How many know we need more people praising God in New Jersey? We need more people praising God in America. We need more people praising God in the Dominican Republic, in India, in Africa. We need it all over. You know, years ago, when we first began the Believe and Build Foundation, I began to pray about my wife and I's role in it. And at the time, it was a two-year commitment is how we did it at the time. It was the first time we ever did it. And the reason we are in this facility today was a bunch of people prayed about, what's my donkey? They literally just did that. They said, Lord, what's my donkey? What's my part? And for some of you who are teenagers, I want to invite you and compel you and encourage you that one of the greatest things you can do is start to learn to honor God with your finances, even when you're young. Don't miss that it's five bucks or 10 bucks or 20 bucks. It doesn't matter what the number is. It actually does something to your heart. And you might be here in your 20s or a college student. You're like, money's tight. And, but God may give you a specific amount, a specific donkey. He's like, go get that donkey. You're like, Lord, how's that going to go? But some of you are business leaders and so forth. And your donkey looks different. But here's what I believe about our church. If everyone just takes care of our donkey, guess what? Before you know it, there's incredible worship and incredible expansion and more people will see the King. Do we want more people to see the King? Come on, am I preaching today? Do we need, do we need more people to see Jesus? We need more people to see Jesus. I believe with all my heart, we need more people to see Christ. To worship God. We need it. Come on all across this place. Come on, stand your feet for a second. Come on, give God some praise in this place. Come on, let's unlock some faith in this place. Come on, let's unlock some faith in this place. Come on, give Him some praise. Praise God. Praise God. Sorry, take a seat. I got excited. Watch this video.